Welcome to the Weave Your Bliss podcast. I'm your host, Paula Crossfield, a Vedic astrologer and business coach helping you to live in your purpose. And that is what this podcast is all about. So let's jump right in to the conversation. Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of the podcast. I have a very special interview today with Krista Bloom, who is the communications manager at Soul Fire Farm. She's also a birth worker, a somatic embodiment practitioner, a mother, and a storyteller. And her body of work has revolved around creating writings and facilitating healing offerings that contribute to the liberation of the collective. She has a deep appreciation for the power of a unified community, and you will hear all about that and what Soulfire Farms mission, what their programs are like, what they're doing on their farm. It's really, really incredible. And I hope that it inspires you because it really has inspired me. I've been following their work for over a decade. And so you can also be a part of supporting Soulfire Farm. I have told you that I have this wonderful masterclass series called the Cosmic Business Salon. We are talking about how you can build your ethical and equitable, spiritually aligned and financially successful business so you can bankroll the change you want to see in the world. I'm hosting conversations with 11 plus experts in coaching, in DEI, Ayurveda and other modalities to talk about how we can build these values-based businesses, right? It's totally free. You can listen during the actual event, March 6th through 10th. But if you upgrade so that you can receive all the recordings for lifetime access, plus the transcripts, plus a free conversation with my mentor, Stephen Heiberger, who is a Vedic astrologer and an incredible man of wisdom. And he talks about karma and business. So you don't want to miss that conversation. So this upgrade is $27 before the 6th and 57 once we start. And that will allow you to give back 100% of what you are spending to Soul Fire Farm. So let us help Soul Fire Farm and enjoy this conversation so you can learn a little bit more about their work. Here is Krista Bloom. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's such an honor to have you here. So you are the communications manager at... Soulfire Farm. And so I thought maybe we could start by just having you talk a little bit about the origins. I know from Leah's book, Farming While Black, she talks about how her community just really needed good food. It's grown from there. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah. The birth of Soulfire Farm did come from that intention of wanting to feed our community and seeing this, this gap in our community's access to fresh and healthy food. The growth of Soulfire, I think, has, has really come as um, almost a surprise, you know, because it had such humble beginnings. Leah and Jonah started it with, with just open hearts and wanting to, to feed the community that they loved. And now it's grown and we have so many beautiful programs. I'm here on the lands now. I'm actually looking out at our new program center that's being built. And, you know, so it really is surreal and just so beautiful to walk around the land now and to see how much it's grown. And, you know, we feed so many more people than maybe we could have even imagined in the beginning of this. And all of the food that we grow, that's where it goes. It goes to our community to, to feed our folks. And so... 
it started off as this little seed, no pun intended, but the seed that really blossomed and, and grown so beautifully and so amazingly. Can you share a little bit about the programs? Because there, there's so many different angles. There's like training, there's healing, there's connecting with the land, like people who may not have spent that much time in nature, getting to connect with the land, young people. So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have work and learn days, which I think is probably the program that folks get the most excited about. And so that's where we invite the community to come to the land. And there's such a wide range of people who come to the land. There's like folks with their babies strapped on their chest. There are people who have been farming, you know, for years and come with their tools and their, you know, all of their backpack and all of their things. But, you know, we invite folks to come on the land and to get their hands into the dirt. So that is probably the program that is the most anticipated. We do also have youth programs and we work a lot with youth. We we work a lot with um, the youth in our community to come onto the land. We also do farm tours. Um, We do have programming around our ancestral traditions and ancestral wisdom that we use here on the farm. Um, So we use Afro-Indigenous practices here here on the farm. And so um, we invite folks to come in and to learn about that. Yeah. And then we also just have like beautiful events like our solstice party, which is really just a party where we have music and food and and community and connection. And so there's such a kind of a vast spectrum of folks who'd want to come in, they want to get their hands in the dirt and folks who want to come and feel the energy and and the connection to the land and to the people here. And so we, we offer kind of a range of all of those things. Yeah. And also the bigger mission of just bringing more awareness to the issues around Black and Indigenous farmers. I don't know if you want to share just a little bit about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So our whole mission is uprooting racism in the food system. You know, having sovereignty for our people around land and around our food the entire food system is really based on on stolen land and on displacement and on capitalism. And so our intention is to bring awareness to that, but also to bring our folks, our, our Black and Brown and, and queer folks back to the land and to have an opportunity and safety to be able to connect and to re-remember our connection to the land. And so everything that we do is rooted in that. It's rooted in in how we can bring awareness to the racism in the food system, but also re-remember our connection to the land as Black people and as folks of color. It's so powerful. And I we just met, but I, I started this website called Civil Eats like back in 2008 with a partner who's still doing it, you know, so I've been following what you guys have been doing for like a decade, you know, and so it's just been so beautiful to see how it's grown and how different people have gotten involved and how there's new buildings. And like you said, like a program building, it's just like so exciting to me to see. And so what are some of the big changes you've seen in the community since you guys came there, since you started the farm there, I should say? The building that we're building now, the program center, the whole intention is because we need more space. (laughs) You know, there is there are more people who are almost having this awakening to their lineage and their ancestry and how their ancestors lived on the land, worked on the land, connected to the land. We at Soulfire see the land as siblings, so the trees, the water, the rocks, everything. 
is our family. And so the people in our community are, are having this re-remembering, this awakening to that divine connection. And so, you know, all of this, you know, we're building on the land is because we need more space. And that is beautiful. That is just beautiful to see the way that people are having this desire. I think that that is the, the connection that people have to Soulfire is this longing to remember, this longing to connect and Soulfire offering this space where that can be done and that can be done in community and, and we can, you know, learn and, and re-remember all together. And so I would say that would be the biggest shift that has happened is just the amount of people who are reaching out, who are following our mission, who are having this longing to come to the land to connect with what it is that, that we can offer here. Mm, so beautiful. On top of all the food that you guys have provided to your community, which I don't know. Have you quantified that? I don't know if that's a weird question, but like, is there like how many people you fed in a year or something like that? That is a great question. I'm sure that is somewhere. I don't have that. <laughs> okay. I won't put you on the spot, but I just thought it would be cool. Um, one of the founders, Leah Penniman, has written this book, Farming While Black, which is such a powerful book. You don't have to be Black to enjoy the rituals, the tools, the powerful tools that were created in communities like in Haiti for how to regenerate land. Like there's so many beautiful tools in there, how to plan a farm business, right? This is really geared towards Black and Indigenous folks who are marginalized and have more of a hard time to find land, to access land, to get tools, right? But also it talks about seed saving, cooking, healing from trauma. And one of my favorite parts is honoring the spirits of the land. So you kind of talked about that a little bit, but maybe you could talk a little bit about what that looks like in context, like on the farm, when you guys do, what kinds of rituals are you using? Where are they coming from? Yeah, so we practice um, Yoruba spirituality here, and um, Leah is an Ifa priestess. And so the basis, the foundation is anytime we make any kind of change to the land, we always ask permission first. And so there um, are a couple of Yoruba ceremonies and, and traditions that we use, but at its essence, we practice this ecological humility where don't see this land as something to commodify, as something to provide for us. We see it as a relationship, as a co-creation and an exchange. And so, for instance, we have this pond, it's pond over here, that when um, Sofar was started, it was just kind of this like very murky, shallow bog, you know, and we envisioned being able to swim, being able to have ceremony and cold places and, and everything in this water. And so for years, we would ask the water if we could clean the water out and, and make it into this kind of community space. And the water said no. We, we kept getting a no. And so we didn't do that until we got a yes. And that is the, the foundation for anything that we do here, anything that we build, anything that we grow. It's this relationship with the earth where we are talking to the earth, the earth is talking to us. And we remain in this harmony and in this connection through these practices. And what I really love about Soul Fire is that we have so many folks who work here who come from just different cultural ancestral lineages. And so they're 
are many practices here that are based in Yoruba um, tradition, but also folks bring in their culture and their ancestry. And so we have a couple of different practices. And I'm thinking of um, one practice that comes from um, Buddhism. You know, where we, before we harvest, we're just giving thanks and and singing and, you know, just having a moment of gratitude for everything that has grown before we pick anything. That's our number one before moving forward in any kind of way on the land. It's, it's funny, Leah says that, you know, we don't have a lot of biting insects. We don't have a lot of ticks. We have like such abundance when we do grow and and that really we believe comes from this relationship that we have with the land. I'm very familiar with Indian tradition because that's what I've been steeped in for the past decade or so. Um it's not my history, it's you know what I've connected with in this lifetime. So what we do is work with fire and work with Agni Hotra, which is another form of like communicating with the land and offering the ash back to the land and the beautiful process. So I love that. And also just one thing, you know, that leads me to is there's so much joy, like all the photos in the book, you know, there's people singing, there's people like having fun together in the fields and doing these rituals together. So can you speak to that too? Like the power of black joy, the power of like being in community in this way and how that's really helped build the kind of community on the farm. Yeah, I love that question because I think that there's so many angles that we can look at the food system from, and especially the way that Black folks have been marginalized, have been pushed out, have been displaced, the violence, right? There's so many ways that we can look at it. And I think that for our own sense of humanity, for our own hearts, for our own connection, I also really value, really appreciate the way that Soul Fire holds us all in such joy. We are just wrapped in joy when we are in this space. And so although there is a lot of grief when we are, when we're thinking about everything that our people have gone through, there also is so much pride. There's so much liberation. There is so much joy. And when we can look at things through this lens of joy it provides space for us to also hold the grief. We can also hold the rage, you know, because that joy creates a spaciousness within us. And you feel that on the land, like you're saying, when you come in, folks are happy to see you. Folks are embracing you. There is dancing, there is singing. Because we hold one another in that space, that gives such a sense of safety on the land to be able to scream, to be able to cry, to be able to also acknowledge and hold those other emotions that come up around this work. So powerful. Well, how did you come to the farm? Like, what is your story and and your experience coming to the farm and then joining the team, you know, essentially? Yeah. It's so funny. We all have different stories, but also very similar. And even similar to what you're saying, where you see the work that Soulfire is doing kind of from a distance and resonate with it and begin to kind of get closer and closer. And so that was my experience is I was working in food justice, mostly in the nonprofit sector. Um, I felt such connection to the mission and to the work, but the organizations that I was in, I just didn't feel the connection and the safety and the resonance. 
I saw Sophia's work and I just felt lit up by it. I just felt like, oh, I want to be there. I want to experience that. Like that is what I'm wanting, you know? And it kind of comes back to this lens of joy and this lens of safety and community that I wanted to experience within the context of this work that I do. I just kind of um, somehow, and I think it, you know, it's all very divinely times, but I kept being in spaces with Soulfire folks and just building community and friendships. And, you know, so when there was an opening for this position, I was just like, that is mine. (laughs) You know, like I need to be there. I love storytelling. I love just the whole art of that and the sacredness of that. And so when this position opened up, it really felt like it was for me. And yeah, and so I just applied for it. And and here I am. And the process has been really beautiful. I think sometimes when you see an organization from the outside, there's a wondering about what it might be like on the inside. And I have been so held, I have been so supported, I have been just wrapped in such tenderness and community in within the organization and behind you know, and there is so much built into the infrastructure around making sure that we feel safe as employees, you know, that we feel safe, that we feel heard, that we feel like we can take up space. And that is really in the culture of of the work that we do, you know, kind of in the community, but also within our team, our kind of small team too. That's so beautiful. Such a good example of how important that is to build that team culture. And yeah. And so I'm curious, because you told me before we jumped on that you do somatic work in the body. I don't remember what exactly you said and that you teach yoga. And so I'm curious how these relate to farming, because I also live on a farm in Maine and, you know, we're working the land and that's a big place for me to go to find respite to just seeing the seeds already starting to be planted. And like, there's just something that's so exciting about that for my my physical body. You know, it's like I get to decompress and restore in that. So I'm wondering what your take is on that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a somatic embodiment practitioner. I also teach therapeutic yoga. And for me, that work is around coming into myself, into my my remembering of my wholeness and being able to connect with my own center and my being. And the way for me that that relates to the lands is that because I can sense my own being, I can be connected to my own being. I can also go onto the land and be in contact with the tree in the same way. I really connect to, in a, in a really deep and uh, profound way, I connect to the being of a tree and the aliveness of a tree. And, you know, have this moment of family, really feeling that this land is family, this land is alive, this land. Um, has a spirit of its own because I can sense that in myself. So I can sense that in others. I can sense that in, in the world, in nature, you know? And so that is such a blessing I feel in my life to be able to root into myself in that way and then carry that into the world. And all of those things I think are really linked to nature and embodiment and breath and prayer. And, you know, all of these things are intertwined and I don't believe they can be separated, you know, and I think that that is where all of the violence and all of the disruption and and individuality, like all of that comes from is this idea that we can separate ourselves from 
earth from the land we are nature we are the lands we are we are kind of one being you know and so i think to try to separate that creates this like dissonance and and this violence you know and so reconnecting to that because you can only you can only protect what you love you know and so i think so much of how we interact with land is a reflection of the way that we love it and, and our connection to love itself, the way we love each other, you know, in community. And, and so my work as an embodiment practitioner and teaching yoga, all of that just kind of, for me, is, is a practice in that and remembering that. Beautiful. I love that. So what are you excited about in 2023 that's coming for the for the farm, for your programming? I am most excited about the solstice party, summer solstice party, because you just, when you come on the sign, you just kind of want to dance, (laughs) you know, like that's what it evokes is you want to move, you want to dance, you, there's just like rhythm and music here. And so to be able to be with the community and just let our hair down and dance and make music and eat food and you know, that is, I'm just so excited. I'm going to bring my children and just like, you know, be barefoot. And I just cannot wait for that. Beautiful. So for folks who are listening, if you want to learn more, it's soulfirefarm.org. Are there programs that you would invite people who aren't local, you know, to come online? Or is there anything you want to share about that? Yeah, for folks who are not local, I would really recommend a work and learn day. And so we have several throughout the year and um, tickets go on sale about six weeks before the, the day. I really would start there because that, like I said, is an opportunity to get your hands in the dirt and to feel the air and the sky, meet the goats, meet our dogs who are running around, you know, just really feel a connection. But also farm tours are really a really beautiful way to connect. And if you haven't been on the land before, just a way of sort of starting to come into community. I think that that both of those are are really great ways. Are those for all people, allies, Black Indigenous, yeah. whoever. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure because I feel like somebody's going to ask me. But yeah, I mean, I personally would love to come over at some point when we're not fully up to our ears in farming. But I hope that you guys have a wonderful farm season this year. And I'm so grateful that you came on, Krista, to talk a little bit about Soul Fire Farm. Yes. Thank you for inviting us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weave Your Bliss podcast. We hope it was inspiring for you. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a comment for us. I want to thank the team at Team Podcast who helped get this podcast out to you. And also to thank the musicians who were the creators of this beautiful music we're listening to now. It comes from an album, Fragments of a Season, by Alexis Georgopoulos and Jeffrey Cantula-Desma. So check it out wherever you get your music. Have a wonderful day and we will connect soon on a future episode.